hello guys welcome to another episode um, and today uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about um, basically uh, analyze uh, certain performance and I'm gonna tell you guys uh, how I did it and how we did it uh, together as a team and we're gonna talk today about um, my wife um, this past weekend ran Valencia marathon in Spain and uh, she ran two hours and 30 minutes and four seconds um, which is 543 per mile or 333 per kilometer and I'm gonna analyze this performance and I'm going to give some information how we prepared and you know overall how everything went um, so uh, overall uh, going into the race uh, you know we didn't know early on in, as we were preparing for a marathon this this winter we, we didn't know what the COVID situation would be would it be shut down again or anything so you know we didn't we were not sure so we we intended really to to you know to decide the last kind of week which race we're going to run or last two weeks we, we did sign up for California International Marathon and of course Valencia um so you know we had to make that decision uh towards the end everything was fine in europe so you know we did end up going into spain um particularly for one important reason was that that um, we wanted to run a certified full looped course uh that's um, you know that there is no asterisk by it because it's a downhill course or point to point and previous two attempts, you know, Jane has run Grandma's Marathon, and you know, it was just time for us to 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 go away from point-to-point -point courses uh, because uh, you know you want to be able to run it on a looped course uh, that counts for everything, and you know, to see where your shape is. Um, it's not really a big deal, you know, that it's not a, you know whether you run a point-to-point, -point, but. I always say there are two types of PRs. One is point to point, and another one is a loop course, such as Chicago Marathon, New York, uh, any other marathons that you start in the same place or finish same. You go a loop pretty much. Uh, Whereas well, point to point is you start at one point and you finish in another point. It could have be some uphills, downhills, tailwind. So there's a lot more help or could be or or also could be hindrance. But but overall. Uh, going into the weekend, um, you know, we had to do a lot of things. Uh, first of all, it was traveling abroad. Um, it's not as easy as it looks. You know, it's not so, you know, first of all, you're going to go do something that's already difficult. Uh, and then you have to go in a different time zone. So now you're messing up with some sleep. So we decided um, that we were going to go on Monday. We Monday leave Chicago and we were gonna arrive in Spain on Tuesday. That would give us plenty of time, you know. So Tuesday, busy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days to really acclimate, you know, get used to this new time zone. And it took us about five days, you know, until we started to feel better. Um, so overall, really, like that part was, you know, the first that Monday we were able to get a little run out here, just easy. And then, you know, we took the overnight flight to Spain. Hardest day was, of course, Tuesday. 
you know, because we arrived in Madrid and then we took the train to Valencia. And that whole day was just, you know, not as easy um, because, you know, we wanted to sleep and things like that. But we needed to make it till the evening so that way we can start uh, adjusting to the time zone that we can, you know, we can have a good, sh you know, everything that week was about just, hey, we need to get used to the time zone. We need to push the fatigue away. And good thing the training was already finished. Um, so it wasn't anything, you know, we had a couple runs here and there. Um, so it was, it was good, you know. Um, now, going into to the race, we believed, based on our training, that we were capable of 229.50 or something like that. I wanted it, we wanted it to break two hours and 30. And that was going to be, you know, basically breaking that for us during this cycle was going to be a perfect day, an excellent day, um, outstanding, whatever you call it. We ended up running two hours, 30 and four seconds. So we really were within 14 seconds and what we're trying to achieve. And if you really think about it, 14 seconds over 26 miles is, is really just split decisions, you know, a little bit of there, a little bit of there. Um, but overall, honestly, I think it was a good performance. Yes, on paper, it's nice to see 229 or something, right? But it's irrelevant because at the end of the day, as we talked, no matter what, there's a next marathon and you're not going to be, you know, just staying at 229 or 230. You know, we are, we have plans to go uh, much ahead, forward, of course, and keep improving, keep doing what we love to do. So it wasn't really going to be any difference maker. Um, just like I said, it just sounds better. It's like basically, you know, when somebody's run like, you know, yeah, certain like when you're trying to break a certain barrier it's nice the way it sounds other than that honestly on the next day wednesday was just easy i think no i think we we ran we did a workout on wednesday and the workout was just like something like four times five minutes basically at marathon pace with two minutes easy and during that workout i don't know what it was with the tight calves from sitting but but jane aggravated you know her I don't know for ankle it started to hurt so we ended up like not running for next um, basically not running for next two days uh, so we took a day off and then she tried to run again and then now you know Thursday and Friday basically were you know no running and then you know you started creeping in and, and, and you start thinking like why does something have to go like you know we did all this preparation all this thing how is this you know why is this ankle have to come up now and of course you know we try to get it we were able to get two massages uh, before the race uh, we really did our icing and doing all these things and and just you know like just really trying to do and then we said well Saturday you know the day before the race we got to get out there and you know we got to get in at least four miles and get some strides and, and and she even jane was a little bit afraid of doing strides but i said you know you just got to do it because if you can't do strides today you know like how are we going to magically run a marathon tomorrow we knew that the fitness was there but this little problem was just like ah oh, is it really we all the way to valencia you know all the way all this and then and this happens you know it was one of those things 
But you know, we of course had faith and we believed that everything was gonna. She was gonna wake up on Sunday, and that uh, she was gonna be ready to go. Um, so yeah, uh, she woke up on Sunday, and, and you know, she I, we, she. I didn't even ask her how it was. I just you know let her do her job, and um, you know, I, I knew that if if anybody can do it, it's her. You know, uh, because I train her. I I know how how strong she is in training and. Um, so she was able to really do a good execution of the race, uh, 114, 50, 114, 49, and 115, 15 for the second part. And really, she closed in at 5:08 pace for last uh, three minutes of the course. Um, so I think somewhere along the lines, she faltered a little bit. I don't know exactly, but I know that she said that we 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 wear these half tights. She does. And there we have five gels, right? Four mortine and one caffeine mortine. And the way she has these pockets inside, and something happened with one of the pockets that it broke. So in the middle of the race, she found out that she's now only remained with two gels, right, at mile 13, uh, instead of four, because she takes one at mile eight. So and we don't drink really bottles. We haven't practiced that because it's just like her stomach is very sensitive just like mine was when I was a runner. So we really just focus on on, on, um, on gels. Now, so at that time, you know, she said she felt so good halfway. And when I saw her, she did look fantastic, you know, but I didn't know she was having these, you know, at mile 14 is where she found out that two of her gels have fallen out. So, you know, you have to make that decision. What do I do next, you know? Good thing was that we really, loaded up on carbohydrates the previous two days uh, 500 grams each day so even if she was gonna miss or just even you know three gels she she was able to run the whole marathon with three gels and a couple sips of water uh, we didn't you know nothing else so at least she still finished with um, like I said with 70 she still got 70 grams of carbs during the race probably not the most ideal scenario but it is what it is, uh, and she said during from that 14 mile, she had that freak out of you know when you're when you're doing good and you realize that hey you know I don't have all the fuel that I thought I would have, so then you know you 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 are still running, but your mind has now gone from not thinking into thinking, and I think that's where she lost you know a couple miles where, and then she regained it you know she was able to kind of like adjust and say hey i can still do it i'm you know i loaded up well so i think you know where we seek those 15 or 5 or 6 or 10 seconds that we needed more is probably somewhere in those stages um because the close was good she was able to close so fast that i'm thinking that she still had good carbohydrates you know uh and 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 honestly even if Jane was not to take even any of the gels, I still think she can run marathon with no hydration and no gels and still run 231 or 232. Uh, that's that's not a that's not a problem. But of course, we're not trying to do something that doesn't need to be done like that way. We have now protocols of gels and you know how people do things. But some people like liquids. But but Jane is really focused. You know we we train with gels and we make sure that we we. Um, we do everything uh, with gels uh, and that we're used to it um, so that we, you know, whatever we do in training is the same thing that we're going to do in a race. And also in this Valencia Marathon, 
since there's so many people, especially men, fast men, it's very hard to actually get to your tables if you're a slower, like, woman, like, you know, in this case, a 230 woman, because there's so many people, men, that are running. So for you to go to the tables, come out, come in, you lose a lot of time. So I think that was actually one of the benefits, uh, one of the benefits of actually how she was able to, to, you know, not lose a lot of seconds because, you know, we just depend on our own gels and there's no much thinking how you're going to get your bottles. Um, so, so really, like you said, there was a lot of drama that I didn't even know it was happening in, in her with her nutrition. Uh, but other than that, you know, to be honest with you, I was, eh, I was more concerned about like, you know, like about that leg too. I was like, you know, I was thinking, is the leg um, gonna be all right? And, you know, as she was running. And it, it does turn out that she was, the leg, you know, we took some ibuprofen so that, you know, like maybe if it did, if it did start to hurt, that it would, she would still be able to get to the finish line somehow. But that, the pain was never there. Luckily, the pain was never there. Um, so, I, I, we pre like we prepare to be able to run, and as we've talked about, two, you know, two twenty nine, sub two thirty. So we we really seen based on our training that you know that five forty three pace was something uh, attainable. Uh, and it was it was our workouts were showing us that hey we are able to do this you know you are physically mentally or whatever able to do this based on heart rate lactate and just our historic numbers that we have so I felt very very good about that um, and execution was really good I thought 11449 and 11515 whoa yeah, we're talking about um, 26 second split, positive split, which is a real good split. You know, it's not uh, by a lot. Um, so that was really good. Um, one of the, you know, people always ask me, what is the one important workout that, you know, that you guys did or that you did, that you do with your athletes that I coach? Well. It, everybody's different but one of the particular workouts that I did with Jane and I, I I altered a little bit the workout because I just felt like you know always been believer like you gotta run a lot at marathon effort you know and and this workout was you know five by 5k uh, and instead of like because I knew it was already a lot of running at marathon pace you know if you look about it, it's 15.5 miles I, instead of putting that 1k at float I put it at just easy whatever like 730 pace 720 pace just whatever so we were able to do 1743 for each 5k segment with with the 1k easy right and when she finished that workout you know she averaged like 550 pace um, for 19 miles right 18.6 miles and she looked really good in that workout and we only took one gel and you know she the heart rate never went above 180 in that workout 
So that was the one workout where, and it was about four weeks out, where I was like, okay, we are ready. Like, you do this one workout, you can do the race, you're ready. So our job, our job was basically just to maintain fitness and not to build anymore at that point, after that workout. So, of course, you still do workouts, but I was not concerned about building. You know, I was done building. And I knew that she can do it. So a lot of times there's these good workouts. And not that always it's not important if you can do the workout, right? But at what cost is this workout uh, being like done? And, and how much are you really spending your money, right? You want to be able to do these workouts with a certain effort and not not an effort that you think you're doing, but it's bigger effort than you think, right? So we have this data and I was like, okay, the data says that we never reached these heart rates. We're operating at at this lower lactate levels. You look good, you look comfortable, and you were not spent and you went on your whole week with normal days. You were not exhausted from training. Uh, So that's quite a very, very important guys. And then basically that was one workout where I thought that um, she, you know, she was ready for it. Now, that was, of course, for me as a coach because I knew it. But now, of course, that's the easy part. But you have to convince your athletes. Uh, are they, you know, they have to believe, of course, themselves. Uh, so, further, what we need to determine in this podcast that I would like to share with you guys is some of the statistics that I've looked at it and of course um, ultimately we we, we, we want to know these statistics but when we go to the race uh, certainly if it's decent conditions uh, and adrenaline is pumping we, we like to stay in a certain zone but we're not opposed to getting out of it a little bit if we are feeling good and if we feel like that's you know like that's we're capable of doing that heart rate or that effort and that's of course the decision of an athlete that is made during the race not by me i just give a range um but i'm gonna give you some numbers right here that she was able to average 185 beats during the marathon and honestly just that number by itself means nothing but if i tell you okay her maximum is 201 so that was 93 percent she averaged about 93 percent of her heart rate during the marathon um now there's been saying you know like everybody's different you know what you can average i would always i always said that you can average somewhere from 85 to 90 percent on average but ultimately some athletes are capable of going even farther uh and jane being one of those um and and to make things even more interesting and these are things that i don't really know during the race but when i analyze I noticed that even 
she was able to get to 200 maximum heart rate basically she finished the marathon at her maximum heart rate because she went into the 508 pace for last three minutes of the race um, so she really was emptying the tank uh, which is I'm, I'm always satisfied when people empty the tank and they're capable of doing it that just shows that you know like hey she's you know she had a little bit of uh, a little bit of left in her I was worried that she wouldn't based on the intake of three Mortine gels only but it just seems that it worked out that way that she was able to to you know to average 185 beats now in her previous marathons she's averaged uh, a little bit less uh, with and we always wear a heart rate monitor so we know exactly you know for that data but 180 181 and this one was 185 and and this just confirms it confirms one important thing for me this summer when we went to Latvia and I went and took her to uh, athletics Latvia lab or whatever they do is lab for you know what they do all their professional athletes and it's a very very like high caliber lab where they're determine lactate threshold and they check the heart and they do you it's a four-hour test and what they were what we were able to determine which was so important for me to know this as a coach well, we determined, which was a very strange case with Jane, that her difference between lactate and, and you know, between half and marathon pace, it's almost non-existent. In other words, uh, your typical half marathon effort, right, and marathon effort, it's, 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 it is, is there are two thresholds that we have. A normal human being, a normal runner, we all have, and we even Jane has, it, but it's extremely minimal. Like the lab, we were not able to even tell the difference. Like even at marathon or half marathon pace, that she was still, you know, at certain like there was no difference. Like it usually, like for me, there's huge difference. You know, between like 2.0 and 4.0, like lactate, there's huge difference. But for Jane, actually, there was absolutely no difference, which confirmed to me that, like, I was always wondering why Jane was, you know, like, why her half marathon was never so much stronger compared to her marathon. And that confirmed me that, like, in in her case, like, she doesn't, you know, there isn't any, like, that's why there's not much difference between her half marathon and her marathon. Like, last year or even the beginning of this year, all her marathon, or her half marathons that she was running, it was this year were like, for majority of them were in the 114s, the same pace that she runs in a marathon. So she doesn't really have a big difference. So what we what we found out that was so important that we were able to analyze that and say, okay, then we just we don't need to like you know certain people say okay in order for you to run a marathon you need to lower your half marathon you need to get your half marathon here so that way you get a chance to do this but that's actually never the case and not always the case what we determined is that we have about 
two minutes or a little bit less difference between uh, about one minute and 50 between you know half marathon each time and marathon so what I mean is if Jane's run Jane ran 113 this year 113.09 she was and then she averaged 115.02 in a marathon two times in a row so the difference is only two minutes okay so which confirms it always has been and it's getting better every year so the next time ultimately and you ask me well how do we know how we can improve and and the answer on paper it sounds uh, as simple but it can be as simple in life but basically the moment that Jane will get her half marathon down to 112 for example 112.00 then we will be able to go 114.00 back to back okay which will be a 228.00 if Jane gets her half marathon to 111 then she'll be able to go 113 back to back which will be 226 if Jane gets her half marathon at 110.00 then she'll be able to go 224.00 and very very simple formula for us uh, it has been accurate for the last three or four years and so basically what we need to do in the next cycle or whatever that we run in marathon we need to uh, get Jane's half marathon down one more minute from basically a 113.09 we need to get it down to 112 flat once we're able to do that I think one and then we put good marathon training again for you know a few weeks or we don't like to stay in it too much but you know maybe six or seven weeks and then I think that 228 happens or whatever you know the next step is uh, of course that's factual mathematics in real life you never know how it's gonna go but as a coach it's important for me always to analyze to, to, to let you guys know whoever follows this stuff who, who you know people that are interested how, how data works and how me as a coach um, you know how do I um, learn certain things and you know how we can improve uh, there's a lot always that goes into marathon training such as gym sessions you know hill sprints uh, all these you know you know hours of weekly running that you have to do to get to this level and it just doesn't happen overnight it's just you know it takes time there's always these niggles and little things that come up and go and that's just part of marathon training okay uh, every marathon trainer per person that you know that always has some kind of like niggles and you know getting to the starting line is and I talk as I told you guys in this episode that we barely we almost didn't get to the start line you know like we were lucky that her that leg or that ankle didn't hurt or disappeared on the race day it's just strange strange thing but obviously it's scary because when you're there and you you know you put in the work and that's what you get you know it's it's not good of course but but that's sports so we were able she was able to be good on a race day 
almost a perfect race what we were trying to do I would say a very good race and an outstanding finish uh, 23rd place at Valencia Marathon 2022 uh, in a world-class field with first, she was the first American um, so I think it's it's so far up to this point and I told her I said this is not of course a first stepping stone to being in the real running world and I told her like we got a lot of work to do but we have to also understand that this was a great performance we celebrated you know we enjoyed the moment but you know this it's race is over and at this point there's nothing more to celebrate you know we have to move on and, and rest this week and um, you know get mine somewhere else and then really focus on you know what's next and, and decide how to do it how to go upon because in order um, and, and here's the scenario in order um, you know trials trials are in 2024 February whoever finishes top three in those time trials which could be anybody right uh, needs to have a world championship or Olympic time in order to be able to go Olympics if they finish in top three so of course that's by the old rules and hopefully you know if you finish top three I, I would hope that they would take those people to Olympics and not decide some politics who's going and who's not that would be very devastating or not fun um, so what Jane needs to do or what we need to do is we need to just make sure that before the trials which is in 15 months we have at least one performance under 228 and that's you know on a world championship standard and it's as simple as that that's all it's got to be done you know sounds simple but that's what we have to do it it's it's certainly possible uh, it's not out of the reach in, in fact you know that's the that's the next logical goal uh, the first logical goal here was to go from 233 to sub 230 which almost did it and the next logical goal is to go from 230 to to 227.59 or to try to break that world standard you know and obviously you need a good course you need a good plan to be able to execute that uh, and 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 then of course you know your big big thing is the is the trials in 2024 which that will be the next big uh, you know race because that's the biggest race of, of course you know and, and then you know and then that's as far as we thought but obviously good performance in Valencia now need to decide spring marathon need to decide you know where we can hit that time whether it's in the fall or spring and and then and see how the next cycle plays out um, but I wanted you guys you know to know that you know oh in other words somebody asked me how many miles did we average she averaged 98 miles over 13 weeks which is roughly as you guys know um, you know it's 14 miles per day a typical day really was 10 and 4 you know 10 miles morning 4 evening 
uh, a mid long run you know maybe one uh, one workout and one long run um, and that's it sometimes the long run was the workout sometimes the long run was easy but there was always a marathon workout during once a week and a marathon workout is 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 something you know at marathon progressing you know maybe three by three mile I'm progressing all the way to five by three mile and so, so on at marathon pace uh, we used races a lot of half marathons we used as tune-ups and she did four tune-ups so like a 115 something she ran twice uh, then she ran one two races where she went like a, a little bit faster than marathon pace which obviously was San Jose I think she really pushed that one um, I think two of her best races uh, were obviously two of her PRs this year and you know she was able to to get her maximum heart rate in the last hundred meters of each of these races in a half and in full to me that means good taper uh, good mental preparation and really able to be able to get out most out of yourself now we always knew that the hardest thing would be is to get you know we got here from whatever from nobody to 230 and we still know that we are still nobody and then there's a long way to go if we're going to be doing something um, you know if we're planning to be the best runner uh, not only in America but down the line if we're planning to be the best in the world you guys saw in Valencia what the best in the world are running it's it's uh, marathon is gone uh, crazy out of out of the reach people are running 215s 216s so we got a long way to go but understand that always as an athlete as a coach just keep doing your best you know everybody has their own story everybody inspires different people and different people inspire somebody else it's really it's really interesting you know the the Jane story is is because we really come from not a running background and come from just starting a non-traditional way but just knowing that you know she's relentless she has the capability of being the best in the world uh, and I know that deep inside I know she will achieve this accomplishment in the future with her determination and work ethic and her story uh, and just that I've told her it's gonna take us you know 10 to 10 years to from the start in order to reach the top you know we're we're halfway we're a little bit more than halfway right now and um, we're now you know entering that new category of China break 230 you know 220 you know then how, how far that we can go in the next year or two before the trials you know world you know the elite um, world of women's running uh, I am extremely happy as you know as a coach I can and a husband of course um, I can just do my best to help my wife to do you know things that I could never do you know uh, I could get close to things you know but I, I never really had talent uh, as much talent as she does so all I can do is you know relive the the greatness of, of, of running just you know helping her and, and seeing her um, succeed and seeing her um, 
you know, be happy. It's a really, it's a really, um, really amazing, uh, it's really amazing experience for me as a coach to see her um, perform at high level and love what she does and of course or I see the struggles I see the things that she has to overcome as an athlete the nerves the athlete have to fight in a race day the things that come up nothing is ever perfect neither was this build up perfect it was good enough as um Kara D'Amato once said a lot of times in uh, in her interviews, it's just things just have to be good enough. They don't have to be perfect. They they rarely are perfect. But if they're good enough, then you know then people can do their best. Whether it's Jane, whether it's you or me or anybody else that understand that it just has to be good enough. And when you're able to have good enough conditions and you've done good enough training then you can have good enough performance and that's all we really rarely ever want from ourselves um, so I think that you know I hope that this episode gives you guys some insight uh, I'd love to do some more you know I'm gonna do some more analyzing as I always spend about one week after the race analyzing many more things like where have we you know made a mistake where we did good job and so on uh, so you know this time we had to deal with um, this time was a big like big big risk big risk big reward type of thing going to Europe time zone adjustment you know we took Armin our son with us you know three of us went it's it's you know had to take him out of school for one week you know there's a lot of things you know like being Jane is also a mom, um, you know, it's not easy. Just you know, you gotta take care of things and do things. So it's, I'm very, very satisfied uh, as a coach, and of course as a husband, what you do um, this past Sunday. And um, yeah, we're gonna move on from this. We're gonna enjoy. You know, still emotions are still there for this week. We are, you know, still there. We're talking about it every day a little bit because it's exciting. But we're gonna basically, you know, forget about it and move on because the sooner you forget about something, uh, the faster you can start focusing on something different that you need to do because at the end of the day whether we were going to run 226 228 it didn't matter or 230 we we're still going to have to go and put in a training and go on to the next performance so i always say this experience the joy you got a personal best you cut three and a half minutes off your pr that's huge that's huge um, the work we put in uh three months was September, October, November, really, you know, less than three months. Uh, this performance basically happened out of, you know, from, as I said, 13 weeks. And uh, it was quick, we went right into it. And, you know, and uh, yeah, 
it was time to strike on week 13 in Valencia and she did. Uh, there was no, I could see that she, she was, the body was ready to, to do something, you know. She was not wanting to go more and more. So we also found that it's perfect 13 weeks is her perfect buildup. No long, not much longer. Some people like 18, some people like shorter. I think for Jane, it works out perfectly having this with a with couple races in between just to tune up, see how the body's feeling, see, you know, like, we always have, Jane likes the race, we can't, we don't like to sit without a race for, like, you know, three months or four months and then go to race, that's too much, you know, too much risk because you don't even know what shape you're in, uh, so we like to occasionally go on and race and, and test the shape and then, you know, continue training, so, anyway, uh, I hope that you guys' training is going well, if you picked something interesting from this episode, um, be sure to check out my other episodes and uh, you know mostly this episode was specific anatomy of me as a coach uh, breaking down what I did to be able to help Jane and, um, you know it's just uh, there's a lot of people you know that, that always give advice and help so it's not just uh, you know me um, doing everything alone you know it takes a lot of family it takes a lot of support from outside to to get where you know at this point and to be keeping going where we need to be going so uh, have a wonderful day uh, and we'll see you on the next uh, episode